But I'm glad you're here. You glad to be here this evening? Well, we are glad that you're here. You know, some things in life are simple, and, and they're just beautiful being simple, aren't they? When it rained recently, wasn't that beautiful? I mean, we may have looked goofy just staring at the rain outside, but that simple pitter-patter of the rain, how, how pretty it was. Cindy and I had some work done in our backyard, and we actually have green grass back there for the first time in 15 and a half years. And sometimes I like to just look at the green grass. Isn't that, it's simple, but it's beautiful. I got two, that, the two best dogs in the world live at my house. Their dog house is our house. Their dog bed is Cindy and I's bed. They, it's better to be my dog than, well, I don't know. It's a pretty good thing to be. And they're simple, but boy, aren't they beautiful. And, and you know, and, and don't, don't confuse simplicity with, with that. There's not be some complexity to it. I mean, the rain, the green grass, and the dog, none of us can make that happen, can we? But, but there is such a simple beauty in it. And we're in Ruth tonight, chapter 1 and 2. We've been in Ruth for three weeks. This will be the third. We've got two more following this. And we're getting, we're trying to get Ruth and Naomi, her mother-in-law, in a good spot. And we're working that direction tonight. And the truths, as I looked at this this week, are so simple. But, man, they're deep. They're things that only God can do. And they're so, they're so beautiful. Now, the first thing is not simple, nor is it not beautiful. It's not beautiful. Sometimes the future doesn't look too bright, does it? doesn't. The future may not look bright. may not look bright for you this evening. It certainly didn't look bright for our two leading actresses in this, uh, this true life drama. In verse 19, it says, so the two of them, Ruth and Naomi, continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi the women ask? The word excite means an uproar. And, and depending on the context... And I think here it was probably a multiple uh, type of response. They, they made a noise when they came back. This was Naomi's hometown. This was her clan, her family, people. What were they saying? What kind, they may have been saying, is this really her? Hey, they didn't have Facebook, Snapchat, cell phones. And when somebody moved 100 miles away and hadn't been home in 10 or 15 years, you might not have seen them in 10 or 15 years. Is that really her? They were excited to see her. They may have been looking at her and go, oh my goodness, what happened to her? And you know, some of the women were saying, Naomi's put on some weight, hadn't she? (laughs) When they came to town, there was some interest and excitement. I think some of it was they noticed that there was something wrong. Because she left with a husband and two boys, and she was coming back with none of those three. Verse 20 and 21, it says, Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mari, for the Almighty has made my life bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. She's not really telling the truth there, I don't believe. Why call me Naomi? Naomi means sweetness or pleasantness. When the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me. i got to tell you a funny story. Years ago, a person I did not know very well, but I I knew him in in a big city in Texas. It was a lady, and her name was, I'm not going to say her name, but her name was, we'll say, Betty. It wasn't Betty. And she had some good things happen in her life, and she told people she had changed her name to Mari because she had been 
She had been bitter, and now she was sweet. Well, actually, the name Naomi meant sweet, and the Hebrew word Naomi means bitter. This goofy person just changed their name to bitter. There's a rule about construction. You measure a board twice and cut once, right? Do you understand why you do that? Okay. The rule for tattoos are name changes. Measure eight times and cut one time. Amen? Going back to the judge. Whoops, I misnamed myself. Yes, that doesn't look super intelligent, does it? But she comes home. She left with a husband and two young men, and she comes home with none of them. And she's got this daughter-in-law with her. She's older. Her support system, remember this wasn't a, a time when you had welfare, social security, all kinds of government, some of the good government checks that we have. This was a time when you depend on your husband and or your sons to take care of you. She had none of that. This evening, I don't know what's going on in your life. Personally, there may be some tragedy going on. Personally, there may be in the near future. I don't encourage this unless you're a glutton for punishment, but go and watch the news tonight for 15 minutes when you get home, and you will understand a little bit of tragedy, and, uh, and it'll disrupt your sleep if you watch it for too long. Sometimes... And life, the future, does not look too bright. But here's the big thought this evening. Keep following God and keep doing what's right. Now, that's simple. But, boy, is that hard. Isn't that hard? Yes, pastor, that is very hard. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know what the situation's going to be. I don't know what they're going to do, man are those questions that all of us are had or that we will have. And what you do is you say, I'm going to keep following God and I'm going to keep doing what's right. In verse 19, they came home to Bethlehem. Going back to Bethlehem was the right thing for her to do. If you were here the last two weeks, we said, well, they might not have left Bethlehem or should have to begin with. Bethlehem is where her family is. That's where her home was. Family and home meant a whole, whole lot back in this era. That's where her Jewish roots were. This is back where the people worship the true God. This is back where she needed to be. And in verse 22, it says, Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by her daughter-in-law, Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in the late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. We're going to see this more in a moment. I'm going to explain a little bit about it to you now. The barley harvest and the wheat harvest ran pretty close together. The wheat harvest ended a little bit later. That ha- this was happening in late April, probably early May. The barley harvest is associated with the Passover feast. And we know the Passover is what Jesus translated into what for us? The Lord's Supper. Thank you, Melissa. Absolutely. Or y'all really don't know? Y'all... It, wasn't the, it wasn't the homemade ice cream dinner, was it? Which is great, but it's not the Lord's Supper. So it's associated with this. And Look in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Now, there was a wealthy and influential man, this is going to be important, in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Now, 
The Old Testament law, if you were to look in Leviticus 19, Leviticus 22, a couple other places, allowed this. This is an interesting thing. It was for poor people, widows, and foreigners in a country that didn't have any family or any roots or any source of income. What this was called was gleaning. You would go behind the harvesters of the field. Now think about this. And you would gather whatever was left over. The law said that the, the Jewish people were not to harvest everything in the edges of the field. They were to leave places where there were crops. Now, you know not everybody did that, but good people did. This is hard, dirty work. Would you agree? They weren't doing this on a tractor, friend, with an AC and a radio and a computer. This was, they were walking. Naomi is probably too old to, to do this. And you're saying, well, what does this have to do with anything? This is going to have everything to do with everything. That the right thing for them to do is to go back to Bethlehem. The right thing for them to do and for Ruth to do at some point was to say, if we're not going to have anybody support us, somebody's going to have to do something. And the most spiritual thing I can do is get up and go to work and try to bring in some income and some food for us. And you're going, wow. I didn't come to church to hear that tonight. See, a lot of times we over-spiritualize things, don't we? Some of you are waiting on a miracle when God's just saying, you need to start doing the right thing. You need to come to church like you're supposed to. You're here Wednesday night, so I'm preaching to the choir. Go home and tell somebody I just said that. You're in the middle of a tragedy. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't stop praying. Don't stop giving. Don't stop serving. Don't stop going to work. Don't stop mowing your yard. Don't stop cleaning the house. Get up and do the things that you're supposed to do. As simple as that may sound, this is going to tie into the whole story of Ruth being the great-grandmother of King David because she got up and she was doing what she needed to do. She was following God and doing the right things. Carl Jung was a famous psychiatrist in Europe years ago, and he was asked, you've heard me say this before, what would you tell a person who's depressed, who's suffering, who was down and out to do? He said, the first thing I'd tell them to do is to get up, walk across the street, and help somebody. Go do something positive. So I'm telling you this evening, if you're in the middle of a tragedy or if you're hopefully not cocky tonight when it hits you or just life in general, you go, I'm flat spiritually. I'm not growing. I don't feel like I'm where I need to be. Keep following God and do the right things. Here's some thoughts under that. I want to tell you, God is working. God is working. Here's what you're saying. I don't feel God. God is not a feeling. I don't see him. I don't either. Well, I don't hear him right now. I don't have an emotional experience. You make your decision, you're going to follow God. You're going to make your decision, you're going to keep doing the right things. Spiritually, the right things in life. Well, pastor, I can go listen to somebody online who's preaching on Revelation, and it's much deeper. Good. That's not going to help you with your life. But when you do what you should do, when you're being who you should be, you need to know God is working in your life. How many of you need to hear that tonight? 
2 Corinthians 5, 7, a memory verse that only by faith I believe any of you have memorized. For we live by believing and not seeing. For we, for we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not feeling. Hey, get a hold of this tonight. You're in a tragedy. You're in a hard spot. And part of the way the devil works is he whispers in your ear and says, God ain't doing anything for you. You don't feel it. You don't see it. There's no changes happening. You keep doing what you should be doing, and you keep following God, and you can know that God is working. Let me give you another great thought. God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. Verse 22, it's so subtle. Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth. They arrived in Bethlehem in the late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Well, what does that got to do with the price of eggs in China? That's going to have everything to do with what happens in this story. Is the barley harvest and Ruth getting up and doing what she should be doing. What we're going to see with Ruth and Naomi is going to be absolutely true with you and me. God is never late. Sadly, God is never early. (laughs) He's always perfectly on time. You go home tonight and you read John chapter 11. A guy named Lazarus died. And everybody said, Jesus, you should have set your alarm on your smartphone or your watch Because you're late and he died, he wouldn't have died if you would have been here. You know the story? And Jesus says, I wasn't late. I'm never late. He's late in my mind. He's late in your mind. True? I want to tell you something beautiful. They didn't get back. They didn't get back to Bethlehem at the start of the barley harvest by accident. This isn't going to happen if you're doing your own thing. It's not going to happen if you're living your own way. But when you decide to follow God and you decide to do the right things in your life and all that's so important, know this, God is working. And when God shows up and when God's going to intervene in your life, it's going to be with his perfect timing. Here's the third thing. God knows right where to place you. God's placement of you is perfect. Do you... Hey, look at me for a second. I, I'm going to be honest with you. We don't believe this. When we sing it, wherever you lead, I'll go, but I really won't. Whatever you want, I'll do. I hope Jeremy will, but I won't. I'll follow you, Lord, as long as it's right here in Ruston. I'll follow you. We ought to change the word, shouldn't we? Just sometime, just to tab that on the screen. Wouldn't that be funny? People wouldn't even know. They'd just be singing, and then they'd look up at the third verse and realize they were spouting heresy, right? But really, they'd be spouting truth. <laughs> do you believe, here's the key, do you believe if you will follow God, he will put you right where you need to be? Not many of you do, but a couple. Good. I believe it. Look in verse 3. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, how many of you ever worked in the fields? Okay. It's fun work, isn't it? Spiritual, right? Yeah. Real spiritual it is. 
And it happened, and as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. That word in verse 3, see, all this to me, it's just so, so smoothly written. You just, I've read the book of Ruth 50 times and never got these things out of it. Happen means it was an accident. It means it was by chance. It was by, it was by freak luck that she happens to end up in the field of this guy named Boaz, who's wealthy, who's godly, who's an honorable man. Bad things happen in the field to widows and aliens and poor people with the farm hands. These fields were marked by stones. They didn't have like Patterson Field here, <laughs> McGee Field here, Dr. Will Field here, Craig Field's a little bitty one here. They just marked by stones. She didn't know where she was going. She just goes out one day and she sees there were some workers, and she just goes to that field. And the biblical writer, God writing through this writer, and I think it was almost maybe it was even kind of funny that she just happened to end up in the field. And this guy is called the, the king's kinsman redeemer. Well, we, we, you don't talk about that a lot in Bible study. What does that mean? It was a huge concept to the Jewish people. The kinsman redeemer meant you were family. And, and a kinsman, to be the redeemer, you had to be a close family member. So he's either a nephew or a cousin of her father-in-law, a cousin probably to her husband. And he's going to be the number two in line. It's going to be very important. And the kinsman redeemer in this day, they protected family. So if, if somebody in your family is murdered back then and you're the close kinsman redeemer, your job is to go kill that person. Do you know that? Ugh. Or to make sure that justice happened. Your job is to protect the family property because property was valuable then like it is now. And God gave the Jewish people those property. He wanted them to keep that property. If, if, if you were a brother-in-law and your, wife, uh, your, your, brother's, your brother died, then you took his bride as yours so you could redeem his property and give him a child who could get his inheritance and keep his name going on. The, the Redkinsman Redeemer was hugely imp- important, and it was absolutely zero, not an accident or chance that she ends up in the field of an honorable, wonderful, wealthy, godly man who just happens to be the one of two people that can come in and save her and her mother-in-law's life. You think that's an accident? You think God just said, Shazam, well, I can't believe it. Look where Ruth, this is going to work out good. I think we're goofy enough to believe that. The barley harvest, the timing, the placement right in the perfect field. And there's no way that Naomi and Ruth have any clue of any of this is going on. All they're trying to do, especially Ruth, all, listen, all they're trying to do is to honor God and do what's right. Honor God, get up and go to work. Well, I want to just stay in bed and read the Bible all day. Become a monk. In other words, get up and go to work. And she ends up in the right spot. Let me tell you something beautiful this evening. If you will follow God, you will always end up in the right spot. I've got a plaque. I gave it to my dad, and when he died, I got it back because my dad set this example. The man who walks with God always gets to their destination. 
You say, well, I don't know where I'll be. I don't know where I'll go. God does. And if I follow God and you follow God, you're always going to get to the right spot. Isn't that wonderful? Now, folks, let me tell you, this is dynamic. It's not static. What that means by the, uh, that means that I can be in the right spot being at First Baptist Ruston here this evening. And two years from now, God may be leading me to Montana. It's, it's, it's dynamic. It's always changing. Some of you've dug a hole here and you say, I shall not be moved. If this is where God wants you, amen. But if God wants you somewhere else, you know what? Keep your hand in God's hand and follow Him. The person who follows God and keeps doing what's right is always going to end up in the right spot. Folks, there's no chance with God. There's no accidents with God. There's no coincidence with God. When you follow God, His timing's perfect. His placement in your life and of your life is perfect. Here's the fourth thing. The right people will come into your life. How many of you need some more right people in your world? Good. Three of you. <laughs> we have a healthy church. <laughs> a very dishonest one. <laughs> I'm going with number two. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman? I think Ruth was, was attractive. Who is that young woman? Boaz was probably handsome too. Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She's been hard at work. Did you get that? She's been hard at work. Wouldn't she have been better off just staying home, reading her Bible and praying and listening to tapes all day? No. She needed to get up. She needed to go work in the barley fields. Except for a few minutes and a rest in between. Wow. Look in verse 8 through 10. Verse 8 through 10. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us. When you gather grain, do not go to any other field. Stay right here behind the young women working in the field. See which part of the field they're harvesting and follow them. I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you're thirsty, and she's in the right place, isn't she? When you're thirsty, you help yourself to the water. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I deserve, done to deserve such kindness. Wow. And then verse 13 through 18. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in sour wine. I guess that's like French onion dip. Doesn't sound good, but I guess it was. I don't know. So she sat with his harvesters. Boaz gave her some roasted grain and to eat. She ate all she wanted. Listen, this is a day and age when getting, a, getting something to eat was tough. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young man, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping, pull out some of the barley bundles, drop them off on purpose, let her pick them up. In verse 19 through 23, I'm going to just summarize this for time's sake. Verse 19 through 23. She goes back home that day, and she tells her mother-in-law, guess whose field I was in? Her mother-in-law asks her, she goes, I was in Boaz's field. Oh, my goodness. That's the kinsman redeemer. This is the guy that if he's willing to do it, he can, he can reach out and take you as his wife and give my son's inheritance a, a name and give you a husband, and he's a wonderful and honorable person. 
By the way, it won't hurt Naomi either if all this comes to transpire, but I don't think she was being selfish or wrong. Folks, let me tell you something. When you follow God and you keep doing what's right, the right people come into your life. See, it's, it's cliched, but it's so true. Quit looking for the right person and be the right person. Be the right person. When, when we are the right person, the right people will come into our life. I saw a website that was offering to buy you social media friends. For so much money, I can buy 500 friends on Facebook. If you don't know what that is, ask your grandkids when you get home. Twitter, a little account, I I can buy Twitter. Now listen, this is funny. Politicians do this. So when you hear about some politician, I have a million people follow me on Twitter. They probably bought 800,000 of them. Let me give you a better clue on, on finding the right people. Be the right kind of person. Follow God and do the things that you should. See, we want to criticize, condemn. We, we, want, we do things, we push people away, or we, we just be who you need to be and follow God. Back in 1992, I had a church in Millican, Texas. You've never heard of Millican, Texas. I'd never heard of Millican, Texas. Called me and wanted me to talk to them about being their pastor. Well, I felt like I needed to be in Dallas or Houston or New York City, not at some little village outside of College Station, Texas. You think that People around here are crazy. Aggies are crazy, College Station, Texas. So anyway, I preached for them, and they, they, uh, they said, we'll give you a Corvette and a swimming pool if you'll come. I said, I'm in. That's not true, in case you're wondering. But I said, this is where God wants me. So I went there four great years there. By the way, while I'm there, all I'm trying to do, uh, I, I'm, I, all I'm trying to do is just follow God and do what's right. Do the next thing. Get up every week and try to do a good job preaching, pastoring. And I meet this blonde-haired girl. And, and then we end up getting married, and then our, from that, I have a family that's, that's the most precious thing in the world to me, kids and grandkids. And you, you know, it wasn't for anything good I did. I didn't bribe her father. All I tried to do was follow God and do the next right thing. And I've made a million mistakes, but I got that one right. Listen, God brings the right people in your life. When you follow him and do the right thing. And I just want to summarize this by saying, I think the obviously, when, when you're really the right person, you're going to be blessed. You, you are going to be blessed. I love verse 11 and 12. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. He's talking to, to Ruth. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I heard about how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord God of Israel bless you and reward you for what you have done. Hey, you want to hear something neat? They were gossiping about Ruth, but it was good gossip. You know there's good gossip? That means you're bragging on somebody. You go, well, I want people to honor me. I want people to think well of me and talk, talk right of me. Then follow God and do the right things because That will follow you just like doing the wrong things and not following God. You know, someone said reputation is who people think you are. Character is who you are. Ruth got it right. If your character is right for a long enough time, that's your reputation will be seen from your character. She was blessed and honored. The story goes on where that even that day that he allowed her to take a bunch home, he took let her take enough home to probably feed her and her mother-in-law for a month. Man, it's so simple. 
And it's so easy to miss. When you follow God and you continue to just do the right things, even in the midst of the horrible suffering of life, God will bless you. So this evening, are you blessable? You're a Christian tonight. Are you following God? Can God look at you and bestow that perfect timing and place and people on you? Maybe where you're standing or at the altar tonight, you need to repent. You need to come back to God. Some of you, maybe you're just going through some stuff and you'd like to come and pray or be prayed with. We'd love for you to do that. Maybe you're here tonight and you'd like to join the church. We'd love for you to do that. You can do that after church. You can come do it right now when we stand. And if you've never given your life to Christ, what you need to do more than anything else, the first step in in following God is to give your heart to Him. You come tonight or catch me after church. Let's take care of that. Let's stand. As God leads you, you come. You come this evening.